Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. And so she said one night, she's a preaching, and, and he showed up. She had already gotten the pulpit before he came in. And said it was this fear gripped her because he didn't know what in the world he's going to do. And as see, we're talking about prior to 1952. Many of them have received a better education since then, but said you had to talk very simply because they had very little, if any, education. And so I took a simple text, you know, you're acquainted with it from Romans, the 10th chapter and the 13th verse, for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I took that from my text. And just preach a little sermonette, you know, like you was talking almost to children, church. Very simple. And she said, I'm still talking, been talking about 15 minutes, when suddenly I, I knew this Indian must be drunk, he wouldn't be out there. He got up and started down the aisle. I thought, dear Lord, here he comes. He's going to break up the furniture. But instead of breaking anything up, he fell across the altar. And he said, Jesus, 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 four times. Well, we was all so stunned to see him in the altar. Nobody moved. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching on In Him. Find out more next on Rama for Today Radio. Later in today's program, Ken and Lynette will tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan with today's message. Well, you say, what are, what do you mean spiritual sins? Well, I'll just talk a little bit about it. You can't go into all of it. But for instance, you know, you can do the right thing with the wrong motive, and that's a spiritual sin. You could preach a sermon with the wrong motive and get a demerit instead of getting a plus. You can sing a song with the wrong motive, but you can't see the motive that's behind the action. The same way with attitude. And the same way with a lot of things. And so uh, we know as Christians that practice in witchcraft and such things are wrong and of the devil. We know that evil spirits are involved. But you know the Bible said in 1 Samuel the 15th chapter and the 23rd verse, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And you know, you can't always tell when people rebel. They can rebel on the inside and on the outside look all right. They may be like the little boy, you know, they tell about that was naughty in school. And the teacher made him stand up in the corner. And he said to somebody, I'm standing up on the outside, but I'm sitting down on the inside. He was rebelling all the time. God sees the inside. Rebellion, God said, is as a sin of witchcraft. And even Christians rebel sometimes. They rebel against God's plan. They rebel against God's word. They rebel against God. You can't see rebellion always. Sometimes you see the results of it. Yet the Bible says that rebellion is as witchcraft. And then, as I said, we look at the outward side a lot of times to judge. Remember, I was holding a meeting one time in a certain place. And, uh, uh, well, the, the meeting was just, you know, wasn't running too well. Not as well as it should. It's sort of almost a drag. And, uh, 
But one night, right in the middle, Wednesday night of the second week, we ran the meeting three weeks all together. And right in the middle of the second week, God just moved in an unusual way. And there was a man that was mightily used of God in gifts of the Spirit manifested through him. Some very spectacular supernatural things happened. And I remember I was standing in the pulpit and I thought to myself, in fact, I said to myself, this is the turning point. I mean, this meeting will be different. It's been sort of a little draggy, but, and I'll tell you, that was true. From then on, I mean, it just took off like a jet plane. <laughs> Amen. But I remember I was by myself on that meeting. I went back to my place and I got to bed and I listened to the news on the television, turned it off and prayed a little and tried to go to sleep. But there's something nagging me, you know. You know how it is sometimes. And finally, I just sat up in bed and turned the light on. And I said, all right, Lord, let's just have this out. <laughs> now, I know. I know that that man was used of God. I know that's the Holy Ghost that was manifested through him. Gifts of the Spirit. And some spectacular supernatural things happened that blessed the whole congregation. But I happen to be driving. I had a morning service and a night service, but I haven't been driving down one of the streets of the city just, uh, I believe, the day before, if I'm not mistaken, maybe that day, but anyway, the last day or two. And I saw that fellow go into a certain place that's not just exactly right. But see, you can judge wrong. He could have business there. He may went in to collect a bill. Uh, are, you, are you following me? Amen. But anyway, I saw him and, and, and judged the thing. You know, that guy, you know, I saw him in the meeting. He's, he's going into that place, you know. I drove on down the street. And I said to the Lord, Lord, now how come you to use him? Now, they've said, you know, I've been there a week and a half, and here's this wonderful lady, because I went out to eat with the pastor and his wife, and they talked about this marvelous lady in the church, 80 years of age, a little better, been a Christian spirit-filled for about 60 years, and just uh, lived such a holy... Now, why couldn't you use her? And the Lord said, the trouble with you is you don't believe your own preaching. I'll tell you, I felt like somebody hit me in the stomach with their fist, you know. I grabbed myself like that and said, Lord, you hit me a little bit. What do you mean? I, I don't believe my own preaching. I sure do. No, he said, you don't. You don't even believe it and don't even practice it. You know, most Christians and preachers don't. I said, no, most Christians and preachers don't. Don't shout me down. I call them preaching real good. Now, don't forget that story because I'm coming back to it. <laughs> I want to tell you another one. I was holding a meeting for a pastor a number of years ago, to be more explicit, in the month of May of 1952, right here in the state of Oklahoma. And so he was telling me, as we were talking, he was telling me about something that happened to him a year or two before when he was an associate pastor, assistant pastor at another church. 
And this church was supporting a lady missionary out among the Navajo Indians. And so the church made up things, you know. People brought in good clothes, not just a bunch of junk. And they got to, brought groceries. And, and so he took, you know, all of the, in fact, pulled a trailer behind his car. And his trunk's full. The back seat of the car is full. Just enough clothes for him and his wife because they're going to have a, a week's meeting out there in the mission station in Arizona, Navajo Indian Reservation. So they took these things out. He preached a week. And he said in that, uh, in the mission there, there's a great big old Indian. Actually said he is, he's a big one. He's about almost six foot six inches tall. And he was just on fire for God. Man, that guy was on fire for God. And, and the, the missionary was a lady missionary. And said she told him this story. That this, uh, this particular Indian... His wife had gotten saved. He wasn't saved. He had never come to church unless he was drinking. But he had begun to drink and he had come to church. But then he'd tear up everything. He'd get right up in the middle of the sermon, start breaking up the pews. Come up and get the pulpit and just tear it apart. Get the altar bench and pull it apart. Just, just. And said he'd go on these rampages and the, the uh, reservation police couldn't handle him. They'd have to get four or five squad cars from the sheriff's department out of Flagstaff to come out and corral the fella. He's a one-man gang. <laughs> and so she said one night, she's a preaching, and, and he showed up. She'd already gotten the pulpit before he came in. And said it was just fear gripped her, because he didn't know what in the world he's going to do. And as see, we're talking about prior to 1952. Many of them have received a better education since then, but said you had to talk very simply because they had very little, if any, education. And so I took a simple text, you know, you're acquainted with it, from Romans, the 10th chapter, the 13th verse, for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I took that for my text. And just preach a little sermonette, you know, like he was talking almost to children's church. Very simple. And she said, I'm still talking, been talking about 15 minutes. When suddenly, I, I knew this Indian must be drunk, he wouldn't be out there. He got up and started down the aisle. I thought, dear Lord, here he comes. He's going to break up the furniture. But instead of breaking anything up, he fell across the altar. And he said, Jesus! Jesus, 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 four times. Well, we was all so stunned to see him in the altar. Nobody moved. <laughs> and then it suddenly dawned on us. She said that there he is. There's this, this one man gang. Here's this man that's worse than anybody in the altar. We better get down there and pray with him. <laughs> so we got down there with him. About the time we got there, he got up. You know, and as we say, speaking naturally, she said, my feathers fell. You know what you mean to that. He's not going to get saved. And so he said, uh, uh, you know, get back down here. Let's pray. He said, there's no use of praying. I'm saved. <laughs> no, but see, they know how mean he's been. Yeah, but you, you better, you, you're going to have to do a lot of praying. <laughs> well, all of your praying is not going to atone for your sin. But they know how mean he's been, you see. You better get back down there and pray. He said, there's no need. I'm already saved. 
Yeah, but you need to pray some more. No, I don't. He said, I'm saved. Thank God Jesus saved me. He said, I don't know. I can't read, but I just heard you preaching. Said, you said, whosoever called on the name of the Lord will be saved. Said, didn't you hear me? I called on him four times. Amen. He believed it. Didn't you hear me? He said, I called on him four times. You said, whoever call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Miss Missionary said, I didn't even believe my own preaching. <laughs> you know, that's so too many times. And here he was. This pastor said, one of the greatest workers I've ever just on fire. He'd won any number of alcoholics to the Lord because he's an alcoholic himself. He'd won more people to the Lord than all the rest of the church put together. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. We got a fantastic offer, three CDs, Because of Jesus. Yes. And then Dad's book, Knowing What Belongs to You. Very good mini book. And then his CD set, two of them, In Him, talking about In Christ. What we have in Christ, who we are in Christ, what we can do in Christ. It's an incredible offer. And you need to go right now, get on that computer and order it because you're going to save $13. That's it's right. normally $36.95. We didn't go for $23.95. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Tomorrow, Kenneth E. Hagen will continue his message, In Him, here on Rama for Today Radio, with Ken and Lynette Hagen.